now. I'm nervous. Oh, goodness. All right. All right. And to the news. Lindsay, how we doing? How's New York? Ready to get my game on, Zach. How are you? Ready to get my game on, too, which is a perfect and punny lead into our guest today. Frank, how are you, my friend? Back up playing. Wonderful day here in the Bay. Beautiful. I love it. Well, if, as long as you're not complaining, then we'll just move on, move right along and get into the news. So a couple things before we jump all the way in. Frank is the CEO of Price Pool. And one of the things that I thought was most interesting from the Venture Beat article that came out about you all um, You've grown a lot. I've known you for a couple of years now, but I was I was astonished at the sentence that launched during the pandemic. Prize pool has since seen good growth. That part didn't surprise me. This next part did, enticing tens of thousands of savers to save tens upon tens of millions of dollars. My friend, that is significant growth in a small amount of time, and I imagine there are some reasons why. But before we get to that. Let's talk about what is prize pool and what is prize link savings. So give us a little bit of the Frank background and kind of how you came upon prize pool. And then we'll get into the nuances of what this thing is we're talking about. Sure. Happy to. Um, so a little background about myself. Uh, you know, I started my, my lovely tech career at a little company called Facebook, you know, back in 2007. Uh, stayed there for a while. Love that company very much. Uh, decided to start uh, my own company called Learn Sprout. <clears throat> I spoke as an education to win, uh, helping schools do data analytics, um, and we raised a Series A. At the end of it, we we sold to Apple uh, back in 2015. And the reason why I give you this backstory is because you know what I love about Prize Pool is kind of this blend of incentives and education, which I'll get to. Um, and so we stayed at Apple for a little bit, and you know decided to leave to figure out what's next. And you know I listened to a lovely podcast on Freakonomics called the No Loss Lottery, and that podcast kind of inspired me to think about why isn't that type of pricing savings, you know, in the United States. And just some background, what pricing savings is, is in a very simple way. Think of it as a savings account combined with like lottery-like mechanics, right? And so the savings account can, you know, allow you to win uh, prizes anywhere from, you know, either a couple of dollars to hundreds of dollars to even like thousands or, or even millions, right? And so it's kind of like a lottery, but you never lose if you don't win a prize. And, you know, that concept, private savings is really popular in the United Kingdom and other parts of the world, but not so much here in the States, right? And that actually was really surprising for us when we started the company, just because, you know, over half of Americans here, you know, play the lottery gamble to spend a good amount of their disposable income on the lottery itself. And, you know, a lot of research has shown that it's actually negative EV when you do this, right? It's actually detrimental to you uh, as a person to play the lottery for a long time. And so, you know, this idea of like combining the fun, interesting aspects of the lottery uh, with the savings account, I think was kind of like the stepping stone to why I think this is super attractive for Americans here. And so in a nutshell, what price, what priceful is, is essentially our whole mission is how do we help incentivize you to build a better financial foundation by making, you know, the building aspect of it fun and easy. And I want to emphasize the fun part in many ways. And so our first product is a, a savings account. 
uh, where you simply deposit money to the prize pool, uh, and then you earn tickets based on your deposit. And so if you have a thousand dollars, let's say you get a thousand tickets per day. And on every Friday, we do a drawing uh, where you can win up to you know twenty cents, up to twenty five thousand dollars, depending on the week. And it's been a crazy fun time so far. There's another model that is relevant here. If you look over in China and you look at what the giant, the tech giants over there have done, um, one of the reasons why WeChat was able to be so successful early on and and to to take over as one of the the top digital payments apps is is leveraging a similar gamification. Uh, in the Chinese New Year, they did this um, red packet envelope style, um, and Frank is nodding his head because I'm sure he's similar. He's seen similar dynamics play out not only in the UK, but as we're saying, over 800 million people roughly had used Tencent's WeChat Pay to exchange digital red packets as part of monetary gifts in in form of celebration for the Chinese New Year. And we've seen other companies leverage gamification here. But Frank, it would be really good to unpack some of the regulatory onus behind getting a prize-linked savings offering off the ground um, and going state by state and things that people aren't as aware of you know, when it comes to launching one of these products. Sure. Um, and before just to jump into the regulatory part, I just want to emphasize the fact that, you know, incentives and gamification, you know, is actually very, I think, uh, could be used in a very good way. Absolutely. Right? Just Behavioral economics wise. Example. Yes. As you mentioned, some of the studies that have been done there. And you've just seen it in an a interesting way, like you've seen it in health, you've seen it in the fitness, and you even see like states doing a lottery for vaccination shots, right? Look at Ohio. <laughs> they just did it right for a million dollars yeah. and increased vaccination rates by f- over 40%. That's crazy, you know, in many, many ways, right? Um, yeah, risk, so, risk seeking. I don't know which is more <laughs> risk on to not get the vaccine or to, you know, do the right thing. But right, uh, just, it's, I think one of one of the beauties of around you know behavioral economics around this is that our psychology really is people are really skewed to like you know skewed incentives. People love this, this notion. And to your point around like, you know, how do you actually operate a pricing savings in the U.S.? There's kind of like really two routes. You can go actually go down. Kind of like the U.S. at the federal level passed the American Savings Promotion Act, uh, which actually allow, allows states to really run a quote unquote PLS program in their state in their own rules. It's a little harder to go down that route just because every state is a little different in their rules, and not all 50 states have actually adopted that particular rule. Uh, but there's another way you can actually like launch a prize link savings product. And that's actually using the sweepstakes model, right? In which you've seen other companies have done. So the sweepstakes model is kind of like a McDonald's monopoly or you know Walmart has done it with their money card really and that's actually a more straightforward route and actually is uh, uniform across all, all 50 states and territories and so there the biggest premise around sweepstakes is that you have to have this thing called alter- alternative means of entry and so instead of you know having someone either buy your goods or in our case sign up for prize pool you allow people to actually mail in a form right and, and participate this way this alternative means and they can actually get tickets this way um and that allows, that's actually one of the biggest things around this. Like we allow people to participate, even though, even though you don't have an account with us. Does that happen? Do you, are you, what, so you're getting, what, <laughs> so do you have like a PO box just jammed full of these or like, what, is, <laughs> what does this look like in practice? Yeah. People can write postcards and, and, you know, you, you get like, I think a hundred tickets if I remember correctly uh-huh. for every postcard and it does, you know, cost you money. Right. You have to like the stamp out. 
and stamp time and time right uh we could absolutely do this and we actually seen people who won like you know some money from this way wow surprise because we run a, we run a lottery right and essentially a lottery like mechanism yeah and so random chances people do win um, well, and, of, and of course you have to publicize that as part of the the being the compliant with the with the program so people know that there is legitimacy to these programs it's not just you know mail it in and take take the chance like you can see versus mcmillions uh, i.e the monopoly game at mcdonald's which uh was a little bit there's an hbo special on that we won't delve into but apparently there was a you know some hinky behavior happening yeah. there <laughs> right yeah for and to your point, like for our case, like we actually register and bond the states, right? And we actually have to produce winner lists to the states, and we use a third party administrator to help us, you know, one draft the rules and of course uh, administer the the kind of quote AMO entries as well. And so it is vetted by like a third party around us, right? So that's kind of helps part of the legitimacy around uh, price well, how we do that. Frank, do you have any stats around what's been happening in the, the lottery lottery industry in terms of the size of growth during the pandemic? So roughly when I was covering it, it was like 70 billion. And as of your article, it's grown to 90 billion in 2019 yeah. to now. So it's continuing to grow. So we do see like a massive market here. How has the behaviors changed? Are more people getting into this? Like we've seen them, you know, take to robo investing and micro investing apps during this period of time and anything digital finance related with the extra time at home. But it has, you know, the lottery industry grown significantly similar to the exponential growth we've seen in fintech. Yeah, I think so as well. You know, we've talked to a lot of consumers. We have a wide range of users from, you know, folks who are, you know, got really impacted by COVID, right? Uh, who like lost their homes and things like that, which is really unfortunate. And, and to, you know, your average, you know, individual and definitely like every, the people we do talk to still play the lottery or even more so, right? I, if do I they heard use that, their unemployment money to pay for their lottery? That's what I hear. <laughs> you, oh, hear you hear some straight in my voice here. Yeah, yeah. because it's one of the scenarios where they're they're taking, you know, this this high risk on on something that is not guaranteed and they're overweight small and medium probabilities of winning versus you know longer term benefits of of getting themselves back on their feet so how do you how do you grapple with that yeah and how do you protect consumers we try to uh, get them to not do that (laughs) and actually you know save with us and get hopefully get that excitement that you know endorphin hit per se but never lose your money right and we one of our grand prize winners was a young individual and you know he won with less than like a thousand dollars in his account right in prize pool and he won 25 grand wow right he was crying literally right and he was able to pay off debts that he had uh actually gave a country you know uh a donation as well uh and those are the kind of things that i think is like really powerful like how do we actually help uh, you know people americans just like that and really save and not in a, in a healthy way and not necessarily you know gamble it away per se. One of the things that's always intrigued me the most about prize pool is the, the truly digital nature of the product, right? I go down the street to get some gas and I'm generally stuck behind somebody with, you know, five bucks and it takes the person at quick trip, 10 minutes to get all of their, you know, all their lottery tickets out. They want $2 of this, $3 of that. It's a very physical experience in my, in my experience, at least. So how are you 
solving this B2C problem, right? Like there's other companies in the space that have tried not to do the same thing, but long game as an example has done something somewhat similar. And now they're pivoting and kind of reinventing themselves in this more B2B direction to help gamify kind of other fintech apps and other banks. Whereas you all, I think have kind of cracked the distribution market fit thing and you're adding users at an unprecedented rate. So how do you kind of grapple with the physical versus digital nature? Is it two different people or is one replacing the other? Great question. Um, from what, what we can see or tell from our users that they like to try different products. They're like they're trying us. They're still playing the lottery, trying to figure out which one is better suited for them. Uh, what? And for us, like- Hold on, hold on. Yeah. Let's stop at that sentence. <laughs> what? <laughs> ne- never won a thing on the lottery immediately sees, you know, right. gamification rewards in that you are saving, even if it is their own money. It's kind of astounding. These people particularly is that there's something like about like a very large prize yeah. that they really, really want. Like, you know, our largest prize, our, our largest prize is 25 grand and Absolutely. the odds are amazing. Yeah. But they want the, you know, hundred million, the billion dollar one. Emotional moves. From 95 to 100% versus 50 to 60, like the, the swing in those is zero to 10% versus five to 10%. Like it's just, it's truly driven by emotion. It is. But you would think the loss aversion, right, us as these these monkeys that we are as humans, you would think that our loss aversion being stronger than our, our you know, dopamine that we get from winning would eventually over time after five bucks and five bucks and 10 bucks and 10 bucks going into the old school lottery, like you're not losing anything if you put it in, into prize pool. But I don't know, maybe I'm thinking about this too logically and wearing my day <laughs> really not, hat or something. It's not about loss aversion. It is more so about risk taking. Yep. It's just they're more risk taking. A lot of people when we talk to is like are dreaming about what they could do with that. Right. They want to be able to enable their dreams. Um, and, and so like the, the billion dollars or the hundred millions, right. Like really like, Oh, what can I do with that? And that's really powerful in terms of, you know, kind of like their emotions to, to that point. And so, um, we'll get there. Well, you know, we have some interesting changes kind of on, on the pipe, but to, I think to your point, Zach, like, you know, what, what are we doing that really kind of cracked and as that and we, we have a really unique referral model out there. It's so like, you know, Zach, we refer your friends or family to prize bowl, uh, and they win a prize, you win 10%. Uh, of not, not say of their amount, but like uh, an amount of 10% of what they win. So let's say like Lindsay wins, you know, 25,000, Zach, you win 2,500 bucks, right? And that's kind wow. of a cool, you know, sharing kind of the winning experience with your friends and family, right? And that's, how, that's actually been like a huge driver for growth for us. Um, people love yeah. saving together and winning together, which is, I think, a pretty fun model as well. Speak, yeah, speaking of regulation, it sounds like you need to be very careful about how you phrase that. <laughs> Correct, yes. But in, in the way here is not necessarily a multi-level marketing strategy. <laughs> it's a single layer. Um, and it's just literally referring people and you um, are able to hopefully uh, win together when they save, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a straightforward referral system. Before we jump to the news of this fundraise, I, one of the questions that I asked you back when I first met you when I was at MBKC was how are venture capitalists reacting to this idea, right? Hey, give me some of your money. I'm going to grow this company. And then I'm just going to give away some of your money every (laughs) month, basically, right? Like as a VC, I would potentially have a question or two about that, but it does, it seems like you've been able to peel back some of those layers and that's not an issue anymore. So the question is, was, was that as much of an issue as I kind of thought it was in the early days? And 
has that totally gone by the wayside now that you're growing like gangbusters and the incentives are clear? That's a great question. I think uh, some VCs were definitely adverse to it, right? And, you know, but there's something to be said, like, you know, if, from what I heard, like the early days of Uber is the same way. Like they're just burning cash to grow, grow as fast as possible, right? Um, fair, fair point. Actually, breaking, could probably be said. And breaking some regulations. <laughs> and breaking some regulations. Yeah, uh, yeah which you have not done. So, not uh, yeah, there's, there's. Nor uh, has anyone in this, in this category. Right. And I th- that's true. And I think here, like, what's, what's really different is that, you know, today, like, so when we first started prize pool, Zach, as you know, like interest rates were different than it is today. Right. Interest rates today are pretty abysmal. But when interest rates do climb up, and I think they are going to climb, uh, you know, we actually started making more money. Right. Because, you know, we, we essentially earn some revenue from essentially the yield that we get from the banks. Right. Which makes sense. Uh, but then what I don't think a lot of investors thought of, like, is how do we actually bring the fun, the excitement, kind of our model to other financial products? Right. Just besides saving, like savings is our what we always said is like our only our first kind of tiptoe into this. Right. Like our whole mission, again, what I mentioned is like, how do you actually bring fun, you know, incentive models to essentially every financial product out there. Right. And really incentivize you to do the right things to help build your financial foundation. And I don't, I don't think any other company in the world has actually really done that. Right? How do you weave incentive models to everything you do? Right. Um, and, and I think that has like really uh, captivated a lot of various VCs uh, around that, especially as FinTech has been, you know, growing really quickly in this, in this, in this regard. Big time. Lindsay, unless you have any questions, I kind of want to jump into the fundraise use of funds. Let's jump into the fundraise use of funds. Let's do it. What's Zach. the future hold, Frank? What do we got? I mean, $10 million in the door. It feels, to, I mean, maybe it's just because of COVID, but it feels to me like it happened quickly. When did you raise the first round before this one? So we raised our first round probably early like 2020 per se. We just didn't announce that until like later on um, in that year. But this round came together. It was like we we got preempted actually from M13. Those group we love those guys. Uh, Gotham and you know Carter are wonderful people there. And the round came together really quick. Um, they preempted. We we asked a lot of our insiders from you know Blink Capital, Complex, etc. And that round just came out really fast. Um, and I think it's because you know one we're growing you know pretty quickly, but at the same time I think kind of the mission, the vision that we want to do, and bringing again incentives and helping Americans build a financial foundation uh, in a fun and easy way, and not just savings, is actually really really fascinating to a lot of folks, right? And so, like again, what the ten million will enable is like us to hire more, grow, of course, our, our user base, but also extend different products, right? And so the first another product we're doing. In the next couple, a few months as, as, a, as a debit card. It'll actually be differentiated as well in many ways. But I think it kind of comes down to the play of like, I think a lot of people are kind of tired of the traditional ways of doing banking, right? If you look kind of like the topic is bank, your national banks, they all do the really the same thing, right? It's like, hey, you get some boring yield, 0.01 up to 0.06, right? And that's kind of about it. Same thing we think about with debit cards or credit cards, right? Some of them offer some cash back of one, two, three, maybe one to 5%, but you know, it's not exciting. Doesn't hit on the, I think the core of what a lot of this generation really cares about. It's like, hey, can I move the needle a little bit faster, right? And add a little more excitement to it, but in a safe way. How do you square 
the idea of adding a spending mechanism with a company that was innately founded to incentivize, yeah, savings. Yeah, great question. And so this goes back to like talking to our thousands of users. Like, and I, I love talking to our users. Um, but it's kind of, you know, two things. One, we know that people have necessary spend and a lot of Americans do live paycheck to paycheck. And so it's actually innately hard for them to save. Right? They do save some money, like let's just say some amount, like, you know, five, 20, 50 bucks or maybe a little bit more. Um, but we'll realize that can we actually reward those folks as well um, in giving them more chances to win? All right. And so like you're spending your money on rent, your essentials, your, your utilities, your groceries, whatever that may be, but giving you more tickets, more chances to win a larger prize that helps you uh, grow that the base more. Right. And so again, like someone who's saving a hundred dollars a week or a month, you suddenly win 20 cents, right? Maybe for a normal person, you know, that's not that much, but for a lot of actually folks, 20 cents and your savings only have like a hundred dollars. That's actually a huge amount, right? In terms of an APY, right? And so we can help them earn more chances this way, give them more chances to win and yet still earn 0.3%, you know, in account from us. It's kind of a no brainer in a lot of ways, right? And so when we talk to our users, they love that aspect. They love being able to give more chances to win, help them compete to, to those folks who have a larger deposit essentially on our platform. And it's kind of a, a win-win in many ways. Frank, I was doing a little creeping on LinkedIn. Am I right? The prize pool only has seven employees? No, yeah, great. I should tell all my uh, lovely teammates to update their LinkedIn's. Uh, <laughs> <no> we're, <laughs> we're at 17 actually right now. Wow, uh, that's incredible. That's still In 17 yeah. Series A. That's can, yeah, lean team. Yeah, but you're growing. So but growing. Talk, talk to us about the roles. Talk to us about how we can get people in touch with you and the team. Yeah, uh, you know. Feel free to check out our website at prizepool.com uh, for any open roles. We're adding more and more from either marketing to, you know, uh, compliance to engineering, right? We're, we're growing in all aspects. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's fun. Um, for those who are listening, like, you know, we, we built, I think, a pretty unique engineering team that, that hails from like Apple, Airbnb, Amazon's, you know, Google world, Facebook, right? Uh, and so it, it's a pretty fun environment in many ways. We're totally remote. Right, we have folks all over the country, uh, and so yeah, we're hiring like like crazy. Please get in touch with us. Love to talk to you. <laughs> I love it. We'll put all that in the show notes. Lindsay, any parting thoughts on on your end before we we go back to this work stuff that we do? Honestly, I'm just extremely excited to get to get my game on and and learn more about what you all are building and stay in touch. And congratulations on all the success you you and the team have already already had. Appreciate it. And thank you uh, for having me yeah. on the show. Frank, you're the man. This has been a blast. I always love talking to you. It's so cool to just data point after data point and watch everything go up into the ride in an exponential fashion. So next time we do this, I'm sure we'll be talking about the Series B or the C or <laughs> something like that. So keep going, my friend. Godspeed. Uh, keep fighting the good fight and we'll, we'll be in touch soon. 